This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 461 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Horselovers.com and Uncle Jimmy. Coming up on today's show, we meet the fascinating Knight of the Templar. Her name, that's right, it's a her name, is Chrissy Miller, and she's coming on to talk to us a little bit about being a light-armored light jouster. This is right up my alley, Helena, from my <laughs> old days. It's right up my alley. Yeah, I, yeah, I can see you doing this. So she's going to talk to us about competitive jousting and what her life is like since she took up the sport. Uh, it's kind of a fascinating story, and we're looking forward to chatting with her about that. Also, Celeste is coming on, one of our auditors, to talk about the Ovation Ladies Athletica Euro Seat Rider Tights. Can't, Can't we, we get a product I that know. doesn't have 107 <laughs> syllables? <laughs> Can't we, like, get a, a grooming brush? You know, <laughs> like a hoof pick to review. Hoof pick, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get on with the show. You're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show, where hosts Glenn and Helena guide you through some of the horse world's most fascinating stories. Owning and loving horses means there's always a story to tell. It may be funny, exciting, or inspiring but it will almost always be fascinating. Join us for The Scoop each week as we tap into the stories that are woven into everything we do, at the barn, at home, and everywhere in between. This is Glenda Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Well, howdy, Helena. Did I see pictures of you riding your pony this week? Yes, sir. I'm riding, riding, riding everywhere. Yes, Brody is back home. And we've been trying Brody to keep went up for with a field trip, didn't he? Our schedule. Yeah, I took him out for a hack. He's been doing a lot of ring work lately, so I thought it would be nice. And it was still just a wee bit squishy here, so I took him out for a nice little road hack. And we got Dog Dog out as well, because Dog Dog's been sitting around doing nothing. And when he does nothing, his age starts to show. So we put him under saddle and went for a little hack down Isn't the that amazing, though, what, what you just said, right? Is they do need a little bit of work when they get older. Definitely. Yeah. He's always, he's better mentally, he's better physically. His manure looks better when he's in light work. So... Um, yeah, so Brody needed a little brain vacation and Dog Dog needed to get his body moving. And, and of course, it was incredibly therapeutic for me. And how'd it go? It went really well. It's very different to hear the sound of Brody's feet hitting the pavement when he's got shoes on. Oh, clickety-clack. It's much louder, so we can't be all stealthy and sneaking up <laughs> on, on, on those bicycle riders. <laughs> Do they sneak up on you or are they oh. respectful? Or not? No, no, they sneak up on us all the time. <laughs> they don't know any better. Right. They don't know any better. So, um, well, cars don't you know, either. They drive by and they toot their horn, thinking that's going to let you know they're coming. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Most, I, actually, the people have been thankfully the last I don't know dozen or so times we packed out on the road. The cars have been pretty good. My biggest problem with cars is how fast they go. So. Um, and you don't exactly have wide shoulders in New, New England on most roads. If if there's a sh well, and especially in Little Compton because it's so wet here, the soft shoulders have been devoted to swales. Uh, so we need a place for all the water to collect and and run off. So instead of having a flat, rideable, soft shoulder, a, a swale is like a like a gully. We're so know, spoiled so in our neighborhood here with our thirty foot shoulders on both sides. 
You know, the good thing though about Little Compton is you can you can make a left or a right off of any road pretty much and and go down somebody's driveway and before you even get to the house you've had you know a half mile before they kick you out. <laughs> I was like, I, mean, I do that, like, ask for forgiveness thing. Like, yeah. oh, sorry, I didn't realize this was someone's house. <laughs> <laughs> and you can go to the beach. Are you allowed to ride to the beach this time of year? Or is it too crowded? Uh, it's There's there's nothing that says you can't ride on the beach, but if it's crowded, they'll kick you off. So if I went down at, like, say, 6 o'clock in the morning, th- there would be no problem. Right. But if I went any time after 7 where people and their dogs would be there, then – Somebody would be like, you know, you can't. It's just not a good idea. And I would feel horrible if we stepped on somebody. <laughs> did you? Did, would do you have to clean up after yourself at the beach or the horse? I meant not yourself. <laughs> you, you. Sh- <laughs> Different times where I thought I had to clean up after myself. Um, yes, yeah. There again, there are no rules. It doesn't say no horses, so we kind of keep everything that we do on the down low because once you start to, yeah, you, know, you start leaving get on people's piles radars, everywhere. They're going to want you off the beach. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yes, if our horse does leave manure behind, we come and pick it up. Yeah, that's a good yeah. thing. You should anyway. Yeah. But uh, I mean, if it's in the water and it's gonna, the tide is gonna wash it out. No, but if it's on the beach or in the parking lot, for sure. Let's remind everybody that if they would like to own a farm in Little Compton, <laughs> Rhode Island, about a mile from the beach, a, a classic nineteen seventies era, nineteen seventies, seventeen what seventeen nineties was it? 1770. Oh, geez. If you want a thing that, if you want a house that was through the Revolutionary War, then th- we got one for you. <laughs> it's been updated, right? It has It's been updated. Yes, plumbing. we have plumbing. <laughs> we have plumbing. <laughs> it's kind of a cool old New England house, though, because the doorways, you could just tell this house was built back then and modernized. Yes, sir. Yeah, but it still has yeah. all the character of the old of the old Revolutionary War house. Oh, the floors are, are original. The fire, we have three fireplaces. Those are all original. Do they work? Are they working? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. We only yeah. use one because it, it's, it, we don't really need to use the others, yeah. but yeah. How many yeah. Uh, acres does that farm have? We owned two acres, but there is an abutting 18 acres, which we have permission to use for turnout and riding. You do too. That's in the backfield back there. Yeah, how yeah. sweet is that? You yeah. pay taxes on two, and you get to use eighteen. And there's a nice apartment up up the barn. I mean, it's a nice, it's a nice property, and it, it literally is. Well, it's about a quarter mile from the ice cream stand, and it's about uh, a mile from the beach. So, what more do you want? And you, the actually, and this is what kills me. You have people looking at the house all the time, and I always say to the real estate agent, "Are they horse people?" And she's like, "Not yet." And I'm like, "You don't understand. This place is." a horse lover's dream because it's so easy to take care of your horses here to have your horses at home. It literally takes me 15 minutes a day to take care of my horses. That's you don't have to turn them out. They, they come and go as they please They're, It's just, yeah. Yeah. It's so and it's zoned easy. for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's a, it's a right to farm community. So it's very, um, farmer friendly around here. Where can people find it if they want to take a look at it? Go to Zillow and type in zip code 02837. 02837. Yep, and you'll find it. It's listed at $645,000. Which in New England is like cheap. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it actually is. It it actually is. Some of the other properties that have gone up around the price range were like, they're asking that $600 for that piece of junk? Oh my God, we should have put it on higher, you know? Fixer uppers. I am kicking myself a little bit. But that's all right. We it it's 
it's all good. The universe will decide whatever has to happen is what will happen. Very good. Well, good luck with that. Appreciate that. We've uh, been getting some feedback from listeners about the new format over here, talking to fascinating people this year, and they all seem to be enjoying it. And I had counted about 20 posts, which you probably didn't even see because you don't scour it like I do, on Facebook talking about your the interview I did of you as a youngster. People just love that. Remember I had done one of Wendy and I did one of you. Yeah. Uh, and it was kind of a filler to do, to put in, actually, well, you everybody, it was an afterthought. Uh, to, it was like, oh my God, we need a show. And uh, so we were going on vacation and we put it, they loved the Wendy and Helena interviews of the early life. So they want, they, the listeners are requesting that we do one of all the hosts. So you, you might have to interview Jennifer and I. Um, because it's going to be weird. I can't interview Jennifer. So you might have to do the interviews of Jennifer and I. Okay. Uh, for, right. for the early years. And, you know, it was funny because they all said, well, it wasn't so horsey, but it, to- but it made us realize how you got to where you are now as a person. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So, and that was kind of cool. And you had the story about, you know, your mafia family. And then uh, <laughs> Wendy had the story of her, her grandmother being a princess in China. So before the <laughs> communists, I mean, the two of you, mine's going to be really boring. So I got to come up with some good relative I had along the way. Uh, but yeah, so we'll have to do that with the rest of the hosts too. Okay. I think it'd be great. And I want to remind everybody about the cruise, horseloverscruise.com. There's still time to get your cabin booked. It's only $200 to book your cabin, and the rest of the money is not due until uh, November the 20th. So you got plenty of time to get the balance of the payment in and get your cabin booked. We have, I think it's close to 60 people booked now, 30 cabins. That's great. That's 10 more than last week. Yeah, so there have been people booking, and uh, we hope to see you guys all on the ocean. And now it's time to go to our first guest. And we're going to do that right after we hear from Uncle Jimmy and his hanging balls. Hello, folks. Uncle Jimmy here, and welcome to the world of Uncle Jimmy brand products, where funny names mean serious products. Featuring Uncle Jimmy Squeezy Buns, the squeezably soft hand treat that your horse will love, the award-winning Uncle Jimmy's hanging balls, Uncle Jimmy's sugar-free ball, the incredible licky thing, also in sugar-free, the amazing Uncle Jimmy's Pecker Wrecker, and the Big Licky. The infamous Uncle Jimmy Hangin' Ball was first designed by me for my own horses to help reduce the bad habits which come from stall boredom. It now can be found around the world. This nutritious, flavored-filled boredom buster will help keep your horses occupied and happy around the clock. Properly hung, it will last for weeks, provided you don't let your horse pin it and Uncle Jimmy knows who you are. The ball comes in four flavors. Apple, carrot, peppermint, molasses, and now sugar-free. Once again, welcome to the world of Uncle Jimmy's brand products, where funny names mean serious products, and satisfaction is 100% guaranteed. Well, Helena, you remember the days when Jennifer and I had the acting company, we did medieval feasts, and that we met at the Renaissance Fair and all that? Yes, sir. Yeah, and we had a blast doing that. You've seen all the pictures. You've been in our house and seen all our pictures in costume, and in our wedding, we had a medieval wedding. Uh, and I used to go to um, the Renaissance Festival in Sterling Forest, New York, all the time, every year, for years and years. Didn't we go to a Renaissance Festival together? 
when we lived up there? I think we did. King Richard's Fair. Yes, that's right, in Massachusetts. We yep. went there together. So, I, yeah, yeah I, think, I think that was us. <laughs> <laughs> but I love this else. stuff. So today's guest is just exciting me beyond because I miss acting. I really do miss doing the Renaissance Fairs. Jennifer, not so much, but I miss it. And one of these days, I'm going to dig my costume out and head out to one and play for the day. Uh, but her name, that's right, it's a female night. Her name is Chrissy Jo Miller. She is out of Fort Collins, Colorado. Hey, Chrissy Jo. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. Well, Chrissy, our theme this year on the Stable Scoop Radio Show is fascinating guests who do fascinating things, and uh, you're definitely qualified for that. Tell us about what happened six years ago when you decided to put your body on the line. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, so six years ago, I met up with... Um, I've always loved contact sports. I played soccer growing up, and I've been riding horses for 18 years. And uh, I played polo at CSU um, for a long time, which is about as contact sport as I thought you could get on horseback. Um, and then while I was studying uh, theater, actually, at Colorado State University, I met a world champion jouster who was starting his own knight academy in Fort Collins, Colorado. And um, I'd always wanted to be a knight growing up. And I had heard that there were, like, modern-day jousting competitions, so I met up with him uh, to check it out, and I came out for one private jousting lesson and uh, was totally hooked from the first time my shield got hit with a lance and I hit my opponent, and so from there on, I was training uh, pretty much every day in, in the sport of contemporary jousting, and um, went to my first competition in Estes Park, Colorado. They have the Scottish-Irish Highland Festival up there every September in Estes Park, which is actually the, the largest purse prize right now for modern-day jousting competitions. And I competed for my first year there in 2012. So, sorry, I guess it was five years ago I started. 2012, and I won Whoa. Uh, the Saturday tournament. <laughs> yeah, so that... It was it was exciting, and I found out that I could do it, and I just knew that that was what I wanted to do every day. How did you get inspired? Um, in, or how, what was the inspiration for wanting to become a knight? Did you read a story? Was there a movie, or was there a person that you met who lived this life? Sure. So it was actually it was a book. I am a huge book reader. And uh, there were actually two books in my life that kind of inspired me to start this. And the first one was a beautifully illustrated picture book that I had growing up called St. George and the Dragon. Oh, yeah. Uh, by Margaret Hodges. Uh, I yeah, think we have and, that um, one. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was, that was one of my favorite books to read growing up. And, um, and I was always a little disenchanted with the fact that he rescues the princess on her white donkey. And... Um, and I was kind of like, I want to fight the dragon. Uh, and then when I, was, when, I was, when I was 13, I discovered a British author, uh, my favorite author, actually. Her name is Robin McKinley. And she wrote a book called The Hero and the Crown. And that's about a young woman, Erin, um, <clears throat> who she defies all odds and stubbornly trains and uh, has an old war horse that she kind of nurses back to health. And when her kingdom's in peril and the great dragon comes, she goes out and fights it 
uh, regardless of what happens to her in spite of all odds, and emerges triumphant. And that book kind of kind of raised me and inspired me because I was I was 13 and I that was almost my role model of oh my gosh. I, even though that was a literary figure, the idea, the seed was planted. And um, actually, my character right now, when I perform in my theatrical troupe, is Lady Erin, uh, kind of as an homage to that. So those were those are the two books that really kind of got the wheels turning. Well, that leads to the question in contemporary competitive jousting: Are you fighting dragons? <laughs> oh, they're different dragons. Um, they're. <laughs> You know, one of the one of the most interesting things about this sport that I that I face now, now that I've been doing it for for five years um, consistently, is honestly just the the psychological aspect of it. I also I got a degree in psychology while I was at CSU too, and um, that's one of the hardest things because it is a sport, and you know when you get up to a certain level it is sometimes so easy, even if you have the skill, even if you've been training and have the equipment and the horse. Um, one of the biggest things that I had to really work on and overcome um, to be the captain of my own troop was I'd go to these tournaments and I, you know, my first year I think I did so well because I was kind of the underdog. I had nothing to prove and uh, only, only forward to go. But now I show up and um, there are, there's a handful of, of BA young women out there every once in a while, but a lot of years that I've gone there, I'm, I'm the only woman, and they make a big deal about it, and the crowd gets really excited, and I'll be doing really well, and then I get psyched out, and, uh, and that just really messes with my head. So that's kind of this year I've been training every week of the year, <laughs> and uh, just to kind of defy my, my goal is just to practice so hard that even I can't psych out myself. My body will just take over. <laughs> I can hear it in your voice. And, and muscle memory is important for any sport, but especially one where, where you are, where you do have the lance and where precision counts. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what, mm-hmm. and, and having your horse in one, one with you definitely counts. Yeah. So now it's so important. tell us what, what's involved in contemporary jousting. What are, I know you're not, you're not just running at each other with lances. There's other things involved, other games involved as well. So tell us about that. Sure. Sure. Um, so one of the uh, kind of one of the prerequisites to actually get up to the joust itself, the joust being the most dangerous aspect of it, is you have the medieval mounted games, which kind of help you hone the different skills that it takes to be a successful jouster. And so I'm the owner and captain right now of the Knights of the Tempest, which is my theatrical troupe based out of Fort Collins. And I'm actually I've been teaching clinic series. During the summer, I'm teaching one. This, I'm teaching two clinic series this year, actually, um, starting in September. And so we go through the different medieval games, um, such as accuracy in throwing a spear off of a horse, um, accuracy in cutting mock opponent heads uh, with a sword as you run past, and then collecting rings on the lance, and then also hitting the quintain with your lance. Which, if any of you have seen a Knight's Tale. That's the spinning shield with the sandbag on the other end that knights use to help their lance targeting. So you run at the shield, hit it with your lance, and it spins around. And uh, so those are kind of prereq things to help you with your accuracy and your strength. And then you go forward into the the actual joust, which where you are on your horse in a list, you know, two lanes together in your armor, 
and uh, with your shields running at the other opponent, trying to deliver forceful blows to the opponent's shield. <laughs> no, forceful blows. I could get into that. Yes. So, <laughs> tell us about the horses that you ride. Do you have a string of horses that you use all the time? How long have you been riding them? And does each competitor sort of bring their own horse to a match or um, is it sort of like, you know, musical horses? Sure. Um, I have a dream team right now. I do have a string of horses uh, that are under my care right now that I put, because I, I have a jousting team, so I have students and teammates, and, um, you know, I got to get them a steed to ride. But, yeah, I've, just, I've got the dream team of horses right now. A lot of them I've known a long time, and um, I try to I work them multiple times a week, and they all need something different. Um, but right now I've got a... Uh, I have a 27-year-old Appaloosa gelding who is built like a racehorse at about as hot. <laughs> and uh, I've, had his, I've had him for 14 years. And um, he's, he's the one. Actually, we're shooting a music video today uh, for a Nashville band called Shell. And he knows all the tricks. So he rears and bows and uh, strikes out with his four feet. So he does the kind of tricks that you would see in a fantasy film. Um, because that's my goal. I would love to be the source in America for someone shooting an evil movie. They know they yeah. can call me. And, did you train uh, and him? I've got, I did. Yes. And, uh, so he's, he's going to do that with me today. The other horse I'm riding in the music video today, does Cherokee. And then I have Lachlan who is a 20 year old quarter horse, uh, solid black. Also, also racing bloodlines. So these two guys are, are very large for light horses. And, um, he's actually, arguably one of the best light armor jousting horses in the world right now. He just, he handles so nicely. He's my competition horse. Uh, he's just so light and can pick up that run from a standstill. And right now, since he's 20, you know, he's getting older. He brings along, um, anyone can ride him. I teach lessons to an eight year old on him. He can take anyone through the sport. And I have, uh, I actually just adopted a Mustang from the Bureau of Land Management. And nice. So, yeah, because I, well, I was you, looking... You're, lo you're looking at a... All right, so you're looking at a BLM Mustang. What about sure. this horse uh, says to you, give me a shot, I could be part of your program? Yeah, yeah well, because, you know, so the first two I just mentioned, they're, you know, they're over 20. So I needed to start bringing along my new one. And um, on a jouster salary, I have approximately $125 to spend <laughs> on a horse. <laughs> right. Okay. And, uh, I remember and I, and those I days. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I'd, I'd always wanted to, like, train a Mustang, and there's so many that need homes. And, um, so, yeah, I, but, you know, I was looking for the right one. When you're considering a horse that is feral, um, it's got to have something special. And this one was actually, I have a friend, uh, Allison Mazurkowitz, She's a working equitation instructor, instructor in Berthoud, and she just has a great nose for horses. She has excellent taste uh, in horses, and so she referred this guy to me. She was like, hey, there's this Mustang who is being trained through the trainer incentive program, and um, she's like, yeah, you should check him out. He just seems really, really grounded. So they have to make a height requirement. Uh, adjusting horses do have to be over 15 hands as a safety thing. And, uh, so he's, he's beautiful. He's very Andalusian-y, uh, very, the Spanish bloodline. So just dapple gray, mane for days. And, um, but he's so, as far as like 
brain goes, because I, I needed a good brain, he is super unflappable. He is not scared of anything. And um, so he's light and he has the movement, which I need. But um, he is, he thinks, you see him thinking through stuff. And that's what I need in a jousting horse. Um, it's not a great sport for very reactive horses, um, very hot horses. I would rather be on kind of a stolid mount any day of the week. So he'll, he'll check out the shield. You show him something once and then he could care less about it. So See, that's bravery. Yes. <laughs> that's good. You, I, I like the fact that you are looking for a thinking horse and that you can see a thinking horse when you, mm-hmm. when you know a thinking horse, when you see one, uh, the, mm-hmm. you know, we always run into the problem though, that then there are horses who think too much like mine who decides, yeah. I think <laughs> I want to go slower. <laughs> I think yes. I want to go eat the grass over here. Um, Opinionated. So you, <laughs> yeah. you run into problems. Or my, my driving pony ideas. who thinks he wants to bolt. Yeah, that is a problem. <laughs> so brains, height, obviously, because you can train um, the athleticism into them. You can train the, the skill set of jousting into them, but you can't really, you can't really teach a horse how to think, right? No, you, you can't. Yeah, you can't teach them to, that's a personality thing. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and then, yeah, the other, the other three, just all, I don't need to go into depth with them, but one is that uh, they all belong to the owner of the facility where I work. And one is, his name is George, and he's a Belgian, so we do have a draft horse on the team. And uh, he was an old plow horse who was rescued um, from slaughter and rehabilitated. And so I've been working with him over the past 10 months, and uh, he, he loves the new job. And then we have Candy, who's a old ranch horse, quarter horse. And then um, Han Solo, who is a 10-year-old Mustang, who is a... Uh, yeah, just complete, he's he's just he's completely unfazable. He's great for me to teach on because he'll just stand all day long, just like a good he's trustworthy a Jedi. I love the yeah. name. I love the name. Oh my gosh! My yeah, character. it's uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, you would expect a Jedi yeah. to be trustworthy, right? That's the idea uh, of the yeah. Jedi. So, <laughs> so now I, you know, I've watched a lot of jousts and, uh, I love watching the games. They, at Renaissance fairs, Helena, they usually do mm-hmm. the games. They play those in the afternoon. Yeah. <clears throat> and then usually the last thing in the day is the big joust where they all get their armor on and go out. Now, <clears throat> mm-hmm. I want to ask you where you get a, a suit of armor, because that's not something you see everywhere. <laughs> but, but before we do that, I got to tell you a story. So we're at Pennsylvania. The worst fall I ever see. Some people think, yes, it is choreographed when they get on the ground and do some of the sword fighting. Some of it's choreographed. They kind of plan mm-hmm. it out a little bit. Not giving away too much here. They do kind of plan mm-hmm. it. But the hits are hits. And yeah, absolutely. I, they try and make it as safe as possible. The th- reason it is contemporary competitive jousting is we're really not fighting to the death anymore. We're not really killing mm-hmm. every you know anybody. So at least yeah. hopefully. <laughs> but they accidents happen like in anything else, and the hits do happen. The one day. I saw these two going at each other, and, and we're just a normal joust, and we're just doing our thing as performers, and all the audience is there. And all of a sudden, he got hit, and it just hit him right, uh, right underneath the breastplate. It just, he had a ridge oh. on his breastplate, and it caught him mm-hmm. under there. And and the end of this, the, the lances are supposed to break. They're wooden, and they're supposed to break. Well, this one didn't break right. Mm-hmm. So Oof. what happened is it picked him right off, up off the horse, about five feet in the air, off his horse, yeah, and put him down back first onto the post of the list. 
So oh. he landed right on his back on the top of the post that holds the list up, the, the ropes and everything. Uh, and mm-hmm. they did cart. He was fine. You know, he went to the hospital, but he, and he came back that day. But thankfully, the armor, he had, you know, full armor in the back, too. So that helped. But he yeah. sure did have the wind taken out of him. And it was the most dramatic thing I've ever seen in a joust. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's not something you want to do every day, right? Yeah, it's and that's that's one of the reasons I'm kind of a there. There's a jousting Chrissy. There's a jousting coach Chrissy who's very different from soft-spoken best friend Chrissy, and that's because when I am training people or or running a practice, it is a life and death sport. Um, it it is very safe. Honestly, it's the safest sport I've ever done on a horse. Um, if you do it right, if you have the right equipment and you're going against trained people who are ready for it, it can be extremely safe. Um, and, and I like to think that all of us in the jousting community are, are adamant about that because if you're not prepared and you screw up, you're not the one going to the hospital. It's, it's the person you're jousting against. So it's a huge sport about camaraderie and trust which is one of the reasons I love it so much. But yeah, when it comes to training, I don't mess around because an inch of movement of the lance on my end translates to a foot of movement on the far end. And you can hit a lot of vital things when you're running 30 miles an hour with another person. And uh, so, yeah, it is a dangerous sport. There's, there's a respect, a gravity a that comes with it. Wait a minute, Chrissy. Mm-hmm. This ruins Helena's plan because before we got you on, she was wanting to pick the people that she was jousting against for certain reasons. So that's not allowed. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I can project. <laughs> I can project. We're not allowed to pick I mean, our yeah, opponents. You, you, can, you can do that on your own time. If it's like a <laughs> tournament, then, I mean, it's a tournament. <laughs> you drop or you drop, but... If you want to invite someone to your own personal death match, like that is, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you you can't. Oh, there's been a few <laughs> over the years. <laughs> I've done I've done some scrappy field jousting in my day. <laughs> it's like a duel. <laughs> Meet you in the back forty. <laughs> Where do you buy a suit of armor, and what does that run? All right, so uh, armor. There, you know, there's there's a lot of different flavors. Um, actually, my so my troop, the Knights of the Tempest, we are going on our first troop retreat this year, and what better way to celebrate than going to one of the best armorers in the nation right now, and uh, it's uh, Shark Armory, and they're located down near Tampa, Florida, and uh, so there are armorers around the world that you can order armor from, um, and suits. Full suits, I, I hear three to five grand is typically what you're looking at. Um, and you can break that down into parts. So good helmets tend to be a couple hundred dollars. I And you can, there is an option if you're doing the lighter versions of jousting. Leather armor is a possibility. Every, every kind of jousting requires a good safe helmet because you can't replace your brain. Um, so that's got to be steel of a certain gauge. And... Uh, but a lot of my jousters, we work in like padded cross-country vests and then over that armor-grade hardened leather because I'm actually I'm an apprentice to a saddle maker here in Fort Collins. So I've been doing leather work for, for two years now. So I usually build uh, any sort of leather armor that my riders need. Were you ready, Helena? Yep. 
Uh, yep. <laughs> get Brody okay. out there. He's about that age. Uh, yep. <laughs> we'll get uh, we'll get your 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 pony out there doing this. I can. Brody see would it. love it because yeah. all you have to do is go straight with a purpose. <laughs> that's right. It's true. It's actually that's why it's such a great sport for older horses and horses from all sorts of backgrounds. Yeah, it's they don't not, have to do those small like, turns, and their hocks are okay. Yeah. Yep. Where do you, well, a couple questions before we let you go. Do you see this sport, is it growing now? Um, is it getting more popular? I know mounted shooting is getting huge. Uh, archery, mm, mounted yeah, archery is getting huge um, yep. right now. Where where is, where is mounted jousting at, at this point? Jousting. I, I like to think that it's growing and, um, because actually one of one of the goals that was instilled upon me by my coach and um, one of my goals for the future, I'd love to see it as an Olympic sport. I would love to see light armor jousting make it to the Olympics. Um, when you have things like speed walking and badminton. Yeah, I was going to say it'd be more I, exciting than most of the sports. <laughs> yeah, like I would love to see it added to the equestrian games. Um, but I think for that to happen, there are a lot of things that, that need to happen for the sport. Um, standardization, and it just has to... It has to grow. It has to have standards. It has to be, be judgeable in a way. Um, and, and the movement is there. And, and that's, that's what I'm here to do. I'm trying to grow the sport. That's why I'm teaching clinics. And, um, and yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting in, in the demographics who are jousters because I show up to a lot of these tournaments and most of them are, are men um, who could, like, lift me with one arm. Um, and a lot of them have been jousting since before I was born. They've been jousting for longer than I've been alive, which is fantastic because the stories that, <laughs> that these guys tell are, are amazing. Um, my goal really is to bring in a lot of fresh blood. Um, I don't want to see the sport die out. And so I'm, I'm in my 20s, so I want to bring in a bunch of new people, kind of share with them my doctrine of chivalry uh, with them so that they can go and teach and it's, it's exciting because my students are now growing and have been with me years, so they're able to start teaching now. And uh, what's exciting when I teach these clinics and, um, and the members of the troop who are learning from me, it's, it's a lot of just BA young women who, I mean, I'm 115 pounds, 5'4", uh, and so they, I'm a great example of Alina, if, you're if right I in can there. do it. You can do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I think it's really nice for, um, so yeah, I've got kind of when I, when I throw events and have, have people show interest. Yeah. There's just a, it's a ton. It's a huge movement of young women okay. who they're, I'm, I'm like, if I can do it, you can do it. So well, it's exciting. I want to see it grow. Well, Chrissy, where can they find your website? And also if somebody wants to maybe find somebody in their area, is there a main website they can go to, to find a local jousting club or whatever? Sure. Um, well, they could, honestly, they can just contact me and I will try to hook them up with whoever's in their area. It's a pretty small network. So we don't, we don't really have a Jousters R Us right now, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but I'm more than happy to refer anyone based on their geographic location. Um, yeah, if any listeners today are interested in checking out what I do and the Knights of the Tempest, what my troop is about, Facebook is going to be your best bet. We've got all the social media. So um, facebook.com slash Knights of the Tempest. And then we also have a website, www.knightsofthetempest.com. And we've got a YouTube channel, Instagram, Twitter, pretty much if you 
follow any of those links. That'll bring you to all of our all of our social media websites. Well, thank you, Chrissy. It's been a joy talking to you, and good luck with this. I hope that uh, I hope this grows. Uh, and you know who I really could see doing this with you is Dr. Wendy, the host of the Driving Show, Helena. Uh, yeah. yeah, she would love <laughs> totally this. Into it. She would. She would love this. And she's what about five two? I think she makes you look tall. So, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, perfect. <laughs> but mighty. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Chrissy. Yeah. Thank you guys. Have a great day. <laughs> Up next, it's our Tack and Habits segment, sponsored by Horse Lovers. We have longtime listener and auditor Celeste Hotze. Did I say that right? Hotze? No, mm-hmm. Hotze. No, it's Hotze. It's Hotze. <laughs> See, Glenn, you messed me up. She said it right. I think it should I had be Hotze. And then you Hotze went and is perfect for Celeste, I think. Hotze. It's Celeste <laughs> Hotze, people. Okay, let's all get it right. And she's going to review. Um, well, first of all, I really like the Ovation brand, so I'm excited to hear her review. She is going to talk to us about the Ovation Ladies Athletica Euro Seat Rider Tights. And um, I don't know. Have at it, Celeste. Welcome back. <laughs> Hi. Thanks for having me. So, um, yeah, I got the Athletica. They're like a micro rib um, tights. And actually, Ovation was nice enough to send me a full seat pair. I think the ones that were listed on the um, horse lovers website were knee patch, but I actually got full seats, which was fantastic. Um, they're really comfortable. They, uh, the tag that came on them said something along the lines of like, um, cool ribs. So I think they kind of market it as like a summer breach. Uh, I'd call it kind of a midweight breach. I don't know that I'd necessarily, um, make it my go-to on the, you know, hundred plus humidity days. But um, saying that, I I did wear it a couple of days in the 90-ish range with some humidity and in the bright sunlight, and I was actually really comfortable. So um, they definitely do a good job there. I would say there are at least three season breaches. Um, and uh, with them being the full seat ones, I so I tested them out kind of in all aspects. I, I used them for some hacking. I used them for, uh, I have a a little project horse that I'm working with right now while my gelding is on a treatment. And um, he's just a real green OTTB that I took him for his first ever cross-country school on Sunday in Warham. And um, he was fantastic. <laughs> but it was certainly nice to have the, the full seat just for the kind of squirmy, you know, awkward first jumps over a few of the cross-country jumps. And the other friend that I was with, her horse was, was a, a real pain and actually dumped her and took off. And those full seats helped me sit through my horse having a a royal breakdown about the other horse galloping off into nowhere and leaving him all by himself. So, so they definitely do help you stick to the saddle if, uh, if you end up in in a kind of funny situation like that. Um, but, uh, all in all, yeah, I didn't have any real complaints there. Um, since they are tight, they're kind of like compression, material and um i don't know that i would want to wear them from morning until night or i might end up with little lines in my legs <laughs> because they are actually pretty pretty tight as far as um just the part that sits right against your skin but um most of the seaming i felt like was really good they fit true to size i'm i'm like five two on a good day so i got a small and i felt <laughs> like they were really comfortable 
um, good sizing. And, uh, yeah, all in all, I, de- I mean, I definitely don't really have any any complaints. Um, I, I do like the Ovation brand. I have several other Ovation breeches that I've purchased myself. So um, I sort of assumed they were going to be the same nice quality that I've come to expect from Ovation. And I think they lived up to that expectation for sure. Awesome. That's good. Cause sometimes, you know, you're like, did I just get lucky with this breach or is the brand really kind of churning out some decent stuff? Cause their price point is so good. They're really, let's see, what are these listed at? These are listed at, I mean, come on $54. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty good, super reasonable for sure. And I mean, I have some of the other ovation breaches that I have, I've had, a couple of years, I feel like at least, and they really haven't even shown any wear and tear other than the fact that, you know, you're in the barn and you're picking scabs off your horse or whatever. And then you like wipe your finger on your pants, and you, have <laughs> gross, you know, gross stains on your pants, but that's not a pants problem. That's a me problem. Cause I think things, <laughs> you know, my washing machine is like personally, per- permanently set to super hot. Cause I'm like, I don't know what's yeah. on my britches. I need to kill it. <laughs> that's awesome. So the Ovation Ladies Athletica Euro seat. Can I just say that that's tights. why we call her hot seat because Celeste is always bringing the hot, the, the sexy to the show. She's always bringing the sexy. By talking about scabs yeah. and, and all those fun yeah. things yeah. that happen. We can when count you on you, horses. Celeste. <laughs> You're welcome, Glenn. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> well, and I do want to clarify that the uh, full seat like she got are 71 The Euro seat are uh, like 50 bucks. So these are the right price. Well, you can find it at horselovers.com. Just search for Ovation Ladies Athletica full seat rider tights. And you can get them anywhere from extra small to large. And the colors are beige, bl- beige black, and iron. Uh, which appears iron. to be a bluish okay. color, I think. Yeah, I, I got the iron, and they're like a they're like a blue gray. They're really pretty. Are, they look pretty. The picture are, are they really pretty? Yeah, they yeah, yeah. It's like a kind of like gunmetal or steely blue gray. It's huh. I, I like it. Oh, cool. That's a different color. So you can find that all over at horselovers.com. Thank you, Celeste, for, for doing this. And thank you for also being an auditor. We really appreciate you supporting the Horse Radio Network as much as you do. No problem. I really appreciate getting the freebies and getting to review them with you guys. Well, if you want to become an auditor and uh, get free stuff to review or just hang out in the auditor room where there's a ton of conversations going on, we also chat with the auditors. They're kind of like our focus group. We get feedback from them about the shows, and you can give feedback. And, and of course, the auditor money, half of it every month, goes to support our hosts. So uh, each month that, that amount goes up and Helena gets a raise. And, Thank you. And that's also my way of not having to give her a raise. So please donate more, everybody. Just kidding, Helena. Uh, you, I was over on thatnewportshow.com, and you're up to episode 63 already. And I remember when this thing was a baby. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. A year and a half we're, we're coming into. It's so much fun. We've met a lot of really wonderful people and have, you know, we do these dine and dish segments where we dine someplace and then we dish about it on the show. And I keep saying, like, every time we go to a restaurant, I'm like, surprise, surprise, the food was fabulous. I'm starting to think that our listeners are going to think that we're full of bull marky because (laughs) I cannot believe how many amazing restaurants there are in Newport. I thought it was historic and it was charming and it was fun, but I had no idea it was actually a foodie restaurant 
mecca. <laughs> you know, I think too that's uh, true across the country. I think, I I think because of the Food Network starting twenty five thirty years ago, yeah, whatever it did. Yeah, you're right. And then all the diners, drives, and dives, and all of those shows. I think, don't you think overall that the whole country right. is getting more of that? And I'm not saying Newport's bad. You know, not exceptional. I'm just saying I think it's happening everywhere. I think you're right. But I think you're right. Newport's food is becoming so, important. Now, is it also, you know, I'm not a seafood person, and I assume a lot of be, being Newport's right on the water, uh, there's a lot of good seafood restaurants there. There are a lot of good seafood restaurants, but there's like Mediterranean restaurants. There's really good Italian restaurants. There's amazing American bistro type food. Um, there's, I, I just, it, there's a smokehouse. There's a couple of smokehouses, the burger bars that are popping up. There's a place called Winner Winner Chicken Dinner, and these people do crazy good stuff with chicken. Who knew? Winner Winner Chicken Dinner. It's really called that? Yeah. Winner, oh, my winner, God. I got to go there winner, next winner time Winner Winner is the name up. of the restaurant. We need yeah, to go there next time we go up. <laughs> you don't have to ever touch fish when you're here, Glenn. There's plenty of burgers <laughs> and, and steak places and chicken places and lots of vegan. I mean, you can pretty much go anywhere and get a gluten-free option or a vegan option. And so Buck and I are like, geez, we thought you know maybe there would be a dozen or so restaurants that we could give five stars to. We're like, we got to change the format a little bit because every place we go has something that's out of this world. So now we have to start rating these restaurants on some other criteria. And the the atmosphere is always great, especially in the summer when they throw the doors open and there's alfresco dining. And I did see that you had a guest on episode 63, your latest episode, really talking about what's happening this summer in Newport. Yes, Discover Newport is the nonprofit public relations arm of the city. And they're, you know, if you're a travel writer for the New York Times, you're going to contact Discover Newport and find out where you should go and what you should do. And they're also the organization that makes sure that Newport is friendly to tourists and that tourists know about it. So the cruise ships that come in and uh, travelers who are coming from out of town, that, that they have a safe and convenient way to get around. So Andrea McHugh is their marketing and PR person, and she is so much fun. And so she gave us the scoop this week. Well, next time we come up, because I'm a big tennis buff and I've played tennis all my life, I've never been to the Tennis Hall of Fame, which is in Newport. So I want to do that next time we come up and then go to Harry's Bar and Burger. Okay. All right. I I don't know that Harry – well, if you come up. If you come up in the Harry's Bar and Burger, might not be ready until the end of summer. I know that it's under construction. Oh, okay. But um, there's also – there's just – we'll find you a nice, big, fat, right, juicy good. burger. Don't you worry. And, you know, when we, we did our honeymoon there. I don't know if I've ever told the listeners this story. I think I told you this story. So we honeymooned in Newport, and that was 30 years ago now. I just love the houses because, you know, yeah. I, we were into medieval and mansions and castles. So that – obviously, we love the mansions. So we went and did the mansion tours and everything. I had to go over that death-defying bridge to get there, <laughs> the, the old death-defying bridge. It was straight up and had the grates at the top. Ugh, yeah, that just about killed me on my honeymoon. And then yeah. uh, we get there and we go to this very nice restaurant downtown. I think this is the first day of our honeymoon there. We go to this very restu- nice restaurant downtown. It was very good and had this very handsome waiter. I have never given as large a tip as I was forced to give that waiter that day. So we're on our honeymoon and this good looking guy is waiting on us. He did a good job. I must admit that. But Jennifer made me leave him $30. And I oh. think the bill was like 50. So uh, th- that should have been an indication, but we're still married 30 years later. So I don't know what that says on our honeymoon, but. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys are so cute. 
Now, if it had been a girl and I'd done that, I'd have been in trouble. I got to tell you. Yes, sir. There's a double standard that way, I must say. Double standard. Just saying. On behalf of all the horse husbands out there. Thatnewportshow.com. Check it out. Uh, It's very good. Her and Buck do a terrific job with it. Thank you. Uh, That's it for today. Uh, You can listen to all of our past episodes at StableScoop.com. Also, we completely redesigned the uh, Horses in the Morning website, and StableScoop's on the list here to get done shortly. Uh, And we're we're going through them all. The the old ones weren't real mobile-friendly, so the new ones are. So hopefully we'll get the StableScoop here. That's my next one on my list. Uh, And you can listen. The easiest and simplest way to listen to all our shows is iOS or Android. Just go to the App Store and search for Horse Radio Network, download the mobile app, and you're going to find that's the best way to listen to all 14 episodes or 14 different shows. Soon to be 17. We have three no shows starting over the next two months. So we'll Hmm. tell you more about those as we go along. And uh, that's it for me. That is plenty, but there will be more next week. Until then, happy scooping.